0: Hi, everybody. Uh, we're glad to be with you again. Thank you so much if this is your first time uh, listening to one of these uh, dorky little chats that we have. Uh, and if you're a repeat customer, thank you even more. Uh, you're you're really our favorites, actually, the, the repeat customers. Um, we're going to talk a little bit today. We're going to talk a little bit about some things... Uh, in couples relationships and Lindsay, uh maybe you could say a little bit uh get some exciting news about maybe why we're doing this and and what opportunities there might be for folks to hear more
1: yeah so Cowan and i will be traveling to the uk july 20th to the 23rd we're going to be doing a four-day workshop over there um so it will be american i don't know what i was going to say
0: the American invasion instead of British invasion. I, I, was, you
1: know. I don't. I can't say that. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now we. Now we sound crazy. Uh, well, south, south Central England. Um, uh, Chicheley Hall. Yeah, close to uh, Milton Keynes. I think is the town that's close to Chichile Hall.
1: Chicheley Hall. There's a bunch of airports apparently <clears throat> nearby. Um,
0: Birmingham. Uh, several. Uh, airports in in London. Those would all be places to come. So I mean, uh, if you're in England, um, definitely come see us. And if you're not in England, we'll just, just come hang out in England. It would be awesome and a lot of fun. And uh, it's going to be what, uh, four days, if I'm Four days. Correct. If,
1: if you do it and you do all the necessary work, you'll get an introductory certificate uh, to Couples Adlerian Counseling uh, from us and we'll be grading and we'll be grading harshly.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We have to, you have to like write a little paper or something after and we'll be, we'll be grading those. So, um, yeah, just a, a cool opportunity. Um, we'll put a link in the bio so you can get more information on that. But, um,
1: spots are limited. Um, so I think we already have six, six people, five, six people signed up. Yeah. I, I, like I, that. I yeah, I don't
0: know the exact um, number, but um, we had a meeting this week and it seems like things are, are going well. So, so, There's super quick infomercial on that. It's going to be really fun, very exciting. By the way, this this is for therapists, not just for, you know, couples. We love couples, and we'll have other opportunities for you, but this is really to train couples in in couples counseling. But uh, really today, in terms of what we're going to talk about, we're just going to talk to couples, Um, not so much to therapists. Maybe therapists would benefit, but we just wanted to offer maybe a few. uh, I I guess we just did a, a... a video on parenting hacks and this would be kind of like couples hacks, relationship hacks and really kind of the organizing principle that we want to work with is we really do believe that a flourishing relationship is built around the idea of mutual respect. And um, I'm borrowing this definition from a mentor of ours, Frank Walton. He says that mutual respect is basically this. I can't make you and you can't make me. And so, uh, And I know that maybe sounds like a little defensive or forceful. This is not how we we mean it. We mean it in the sense that, yeah, we can't make each other. So maybe let's do something else other than trying to control each other or me acting as if you can control me, acting as if I can control you. Let's find some other way to interact. Um, And this is is really a a foundational organizing principle for how we understand relationships. Um, And so you know, we're not going to get real into the weeds on, on theory or anything. We really want to give you some practical tools. I don't know if there are some things that come to mind for you that are just kind of low-hanging fruit, really good, easy takeaways for couples that they can implement, you know, even tomorrow.
1: Let's see. There's so many. I really want to do uh, replacing butts with hands.
0: Okay, yeah, tell us what that would look like.
1: So... um I'm sorry but, we covered a little bit on that um, because the but negates everything in front of it. Right? Mm, okay. um, the and is the connection with your partner um, and this can be a partner as a friend, partner as just a paramour, a life partner, a wife or husband, whatever. Um, but adding and, uh, I love you and I think I said take out the trash. I love you and I already answered that. Um, uh, I like, hear
0: what you're saying and rather but. than I hear what you're saying, but da, 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 um, to to be additive in that way rather than subtractive. Um, and and Cause it, can,
1: it puts them together yeah. on an equal playing field. I hear you saying you're upset about me coming home late from basketball. And, you know, then they're on the same level.
0: Yeah. And I had a flat tire. And
1: I had a flat tire. Yeah.
0: Um, so it. It brings both of those things. Whereas when we use but, and I think this is how it kind of connects to mutual respect, um, sometimes we're... When we talk about the desire to control one another, I think sometimes the picture that gets painted in people's minds is this caricature of this, like, ultra, like you know shrewy woman or like this you know kind of domineering uh man or something who's trying to control your person but really like it's much more subtle and quiet than that where if i say um, i hear what you're saying but and then i and and i you know go down the line what i'm saying is uh i'm going to i'm going to spin the rhetoric such that yeah okay you've got a perspective but my perspective is more important and therefore you have to get on board and agree with what, uh, I'm saying. And so that, and it kind of, it corners somebody, right? It, it pushes them into this corner where it's like, we can only look at one thing and you must only look at one thing. And that's my perspective. Um, that's a it's a very subtle way to control that you don't have to be you know broad-chested and domineering or this could
1: be pleasing yeah I'm a recovering perfectionist people pleaser and ask those that that I'm in relationships with they probably didn't see anything inherently wrong with what I was doing but what I was trying to do was control whether they liked me or not Mm. oh yeah And and whether they would leave me if I'm indispensable to them then they are less likely to leave yeah probably yeah,
0: that's I mean, that's and I think that's, you know, part of what we want to communicate is that it's not control or having a lack of mutual respect. It's not all about insult and berating and again, being like really domineering. It can be just very subtle and even draped in kind of the trappings of, of virtue or <laughs> kindness or something like that. So, um, yeah, replacing butts with and that's a, a, a really nice tactic that can bring, I would say, a lot of help to communication. But then also kind of the nice thing is if you start paying attention to that, you catch yourself how often you're saying, but. (laughs) You do. And that can be kind of a tough pill to swallow, but um, it's nice to know know what you're up to and uh, can clue you into how much it is that you really do want to control. And of course, right, maybe you could say a little bit, like let's say if you were to catch yourself trying to control your partner, can you speak a little bit to self compassion that needs to come alongside with that? So we're not just slapping wrists um, or language policing.
1: Well, what comes to mind is it's a very much Terry real thing where he said, uh, and he calls it the adaptive child. Mm-hmm. I call it first thought, second thought, um, which we'll cover in another, uh, video. But the, the first instinctual reaction is he calls it the adaptive child and there are three options, right? It's uh, fight, flight, or fix. And the first two, you probably can guess what those mean. But by fix, he doesn't mean like actually, genuinely fix. He means like, oh my gosh, there's tension. How do I get this tension down? I can smile. I can concede. I'll do whatever to make you happy again. That's mm-hmm. not really fixing. But um, and if you think about what you did as a child, um, that tends to be what your first instinct is. Like minus fight. If I were to go home and my husband was raising his voice at me my first instinct would be like, let's go,
0: let's go.
1: (laughs) Like, I will crush you. And Mm. then I have a second round of thinking. It's the adult version. I can't remember the- The functional adult. Functional adult, there's the word. Where I can take a step back and decide what I really wanna do based on who I am now. Um, And I can think back to the, uh, I think it all goes back to like the, the goal or the purpose of what the conflict is. So if you can sort of like externalize out as best you can. I know it's hard to be objective in a conflict, but objectively what happened here and what did each of you make the meaning of it? How do you feel about it and what's the meaning that you made out of it? And then you can sort of like see how the stories line up um, and see what people were after. Like in the example we used of me being a people pleaser before, I was after people being liked and people not leaving me. I was trying to not be abandoned. That, That was my fear of being abandoned. So if I do X, Y, and Z, I won't be abandoned.
0: Yeah. And, and right. So then it's like, okay, then maybe in a, on a bad day, you're not being very mutually respectful. The the solution to this is not to shame yourself and just to feel awful and say, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid and so dumb, but rather you can start with from a position of self-compassion of saying, yeah, uh, it kind of makes some sense that I would do that. Uh, I have a long history of doing that. This is what kept me safe. This is how I've tried to protect myself against the pain and, you know, overwhelming nature of some challenges. Um,
1: it's a good thing yeah it's a great thing that our bodies are doing they're trying to keep you alive <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's
0: helped me to some degree and also this is not what i want to do so to have com- compassion and redirection kind of nested and in, inside that's a good thing now you also mentioned something um that probably i would want to put on the table as a as a really like not a an easy takeaway but a really simple takeaway that would i think dramatically help couples in their relationship and that is to really distinguish between what happened and what i made of it um yeah. this is also in t- uh, terry, terry real in um and by the way if you want to check out terry real uh relational life institute is his thing yeah. uh, institute i think fierce, um,
1: fierce intimacy it's on audiobook only, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's uh, – anyways, his stuff, his stuff is great. It would be worth checking out. There's workshops, uh, conferences, things like that you could check out. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a difference between what happened and then what I made of it. But here's what we often do in couples' relationships is, like, let's say – Okay, so for a long time, my pet peeve was being interrupted. And maybe it still is a little bit. So let's say that I'm talking and then somebody interrupts me. What's tempting for me to do, let's say that it's my wife who interrupts me. What's tempting for me to do is to say, well, uh, she doesn't respect me. She thinks that what I have to say is stupid or unimportant um, she made me feel angry. She made me feel demeaned. She made me feel put down. She made me feel ignored, so on and so forth. Now, look, it is incontrovertible fact. It is objective fact that I was speaking. And before I had come to the end of what I was saying, she jumps in and interrupts me. Okay. That's, she did that period end of story. And then what happens is that I take what happened and that I give it a certain meaning that's full of disrespect And, you know, demeaning intent and malicious intent and uh, a low opinion of me and, you know, all those things. And um, look, I'm not even saying and therefore I am crazy and I'm wrong. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm 100 percent correct. Maybe I'm 100 percent correct in my estimation, in the meaning that I give. But it is still really powerful to distinguish between the two to say that the interruption is not the same thing as. The meaning that I give to the interruption. And uh, this, I think, can save couples a lot of problems because uh, it gets us in line with mutual respect, which is to say, um, look, I'm not going to cast you in such a poor light that then you are boxed into this corner where you either must behave the way that I want you to behave or you are a terrible person. (laughs) Um, and, And that's, I mean, that's a of course, nobody would phrase it that way, but this is what we imply, this is what we're up to when we uh, give these kind of uncharitable meanings to the way that people behave. I don't know what you would have to add.
1: It, I'm just laughing, reading something earlier about Dreiker's and he said couples tend to only have half of the script, and it's the script of their partner. They have, like rarely ever remember their part in it, but they know exactly <laughs> what their partner did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's about right, that's about right. Um, But problems, as we've talked about a lot, don't, they really don't have to mean very much. Of course they're important, but what is more important than the problem is what you do with it. And that's where happiness comes in. Like working selectively together on a team toward a solution, that's what brings happiness. It's not the absence of problems. So it's almost like if you didn't have any problems, how are you growing together? I'm not saying I'm rooting for you to have tons of problems, but if you have them what what meaning can we make of them
0: well you know and and actually to some degree, I think we should root for couples to have problems yeah. and I, I think there's a scientific validity to this and I'll, I will forget the <laughs> researcher's name it may have been John Gottman who did this research, but they looked at the Ratio of positive to negative interactions. So if you've got only if if it drops below I think it's four to one. So for every four positive interactions you have a negative interaction the probability of the relationship ending in a separation divorce uh, breakup is exceedingly high. It's like, you know, statistically it's almost virtually guaranteed. It's basically guaranteed Um, but also if the ratio is higher than 11 to 1. So if you have more than 11 positive interactions to every one negative, also the relationship is very likely to end. And so that that just goes to show you our arguments are very rarely the problem. Disagreements are very rarely the problem in a relationship. And in fact, they can be this kind of invigorating factor that help people to really get along and enjoy the relationship. But where people get into trouble is that how they go about solving arguments or, you know, quote unquote, solving arguments, um, that's really where they get themselves into trouble, where they opt for these more controlling uh, methods that lack mutual respect. And of course, that's also respect for the self. Sometimes people manage arguments by having no self-respect and they kowtow and give up and they silence (laughs) themselves. This is also not mutually respectful and can lead to a lot of problems.
1: I feel like a lot of times it's couples, it's not lack of love. I think they're actually basing their arguments on love. You love me, do this for me. It's like this back and forth of IOUs, but really mm. it's lack of friendship. Like That's where you need to like move through that together and be on the same team. It's, it's not lack of love. I can't tell you how many couples we've met that they clearly love each other. They just don't respect each other. And that's not the same thing. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it certainly is not it's not just about affection or and I would even say commitment. I think one of the or things Or even
1: communication. How yeah. many how many couples were like, we don't know how to communicate. And I sit them both and I look them straight in the eyeballs and I'm like, if I told you so you had 30 seconds to piss her off as much as you could, could you do it? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I would know exactly what to do. Communication's not the problem. That that's not what it is. It's a lack of cooperation and friendship.
0: Yeah. And uh, just to add to that, you know, that uh, I think I think certainly sometimes coming out of uh, like um, conservative evangelical circles, which is that's kind of where I'm coming out of a lot is made of commitment. And I think rightfully so. I, I think we're also in a time where, you know, divorce rates, you know, are like exploding. And, I, and you can imagine what that's like for conservative evangelical communities who, have, who really, they really do value. Uh, marriage as an institution and i and i can appreciate that and and have a lot of respect for that but then all this emphasis is just play it's like if you can just be committed enough then the relationship is going to be fine and i think that that is hogwash i I do not think that that is true um and it's also yeah not just about communicating it's not just about um you know, having a date night. And by the way, these are all things that we want people. We want people to be committed. We want them to go on dates. We want them to communicate well, whatever. That's, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you can do all those things really well. And if you are not mutually respectful, if you don't have respect for your own voice and you don't have respect for your partner's autonomy, you don't. or, or yeah, like respect for your autonomy, respect yours. for theirs, res- yeah respect for your voice respect for their voice respect for your right to make a choice and their right to make a choice uh then the reality is is we end up in these pretty rough spots where somebody feels put down and then they compensate for that and that gets us into trouble so sometime we should do the uh maybe we could do a thing on the figure eight this is something that we'll talk about in uh in england when we're there this figure eight model of you know how we stir up feelings of inferiority in our partner and then they compensate and then the way that they compensate stirs up inferiority feelings in us and back and forth we go and really what that is about is a, a lack of mutual respect so yeah. Um, let's stick a pin in it for today.
1: I have like uh, three four more hacks.
0: We we so. should pro- I guess we're just going to have to do a part 2 for this one too, but um these videos, you know, I think we shot we were like, "Oh, we're going to do them in, you know, 10 12 minutes and then they just keep getting longer and longer." We
1: just get excited.
0: We just get excited. Uh stick with us. We want to keep uh we want to keep talking to you and uh please do send us questions. Check out the link below if you're interested in coming to England and training with us. Thanks so much.